Friends, we're going to explore Lakut Sikhas, volume 15, Vayera Sikha number two. It's a discussion about the digging of the wells by the patriarchs Abraham and Isaac, Avraham and Yitzchak. And um, we know that anything that the Torah talks about vis-a-vis the patriarchs, even the narratives, the stories are much more than just stories. They're not history. They're actually eternal lessons and empowerments for each of us in all time and all places. And every single detail of these narratives must be instructive and meaningful and relevant and significant to every single Jew at all times and places. What's the meaning to us? We're not digging any wells necessarily. And let's look at some of the specifics of it. We find in Torah, when we take a look in the discussion of wells, we find three discussions in the Torah itself. Number one, we find that Abraham digs wells and the Philistines stop them up. Number two, we find that Isaac digs wells, the Philistines do not stop them up. And number three, we find furthermore that Isaac redigs the same wells that Abraham had dug, which was stopped up. And now when Isaac redigs them, they're not stopped up. What's the significance of these three details that the Torah speaks about? It doesn't just say it in short, it says it in detail. And then the Rebbe quotes the Zohar in the Sicha. And the Rebbe said, the Zohar tells us that in this week's portion of Ayera, it's referring to a well that Abraham dug, but the Zohar refers to that well as the well of Isaac. And it's problematic. If Abraham dug it, why is it called the well of Isaac? So we have the classic commentator, the Ramaz says, well, it's really the well of Isaac dug by Abraham. I guess the father sometimes builds a house for his son and it's his son's house. It's the well of Isaac dug by Abraham. That's how Ramaz, the classic Zohar commentator, commentator explains it, which in itself is curious. What does it mean? If, if he dug it, why is it his? But what's further curious that the Rebbe's father, obviously a recent commentary on the Zohar, comes up with an, with an alternative approach. Rather than going along with the Ramaz, which, which you normally would do, he comes up with an alternative approach, which is really the opposite approach. And he says, no, it's actually Abraham's well. And the reason why the Zohar refers to it as the well of Isaac is because Isaac was the one that redug them. But not that they're really Isaac's well, they're actually Abraham's. So why is he arguing with the Ramaz? And what's the lesson to us from these additional details? That Abraham digs a well and it's referred to as Isaac's, and that itself with two approaches in commentary, which we know every commentary in Torah is true, and we learn lessons from both. A, the approach of the Ramaz, that it's really Isaac's dug by Abraham, and B, the approach of the Rebbe's father, that it's really Abraham undug by Isaac. What's the lesson to us? So let's take a step back, and we'll revisit this in a moment after this brief introduction, and that is that we know that the patriarchs Avraham and Yitzchak, Abraham and Isaac represented two paths of service of Hashem, of chesed and gevurah, of kindness and discipline, or love and awe. Abraham's approach was he served Hashem with tremendous love, attraction, and and, uh, kindness. Isaac, through discipline, commitment. And this is spelled out clearly even in the Torah in a verse, a little bit later on in the portion of Ayetzei, where it mentions uh, Abraham, Ohavi, Upachad Yitzchak. Abraham, my beloved, 
and the all one, the awesome one of Isaac, meaning that to Abraham, God is a beloved, and to Isaac, he's an object of awe. Now, if you think about it, in every healthy relationship, you actually need a good dose of both. If you're having a relationship, there's got to be some closeness, some concept of love, and there's got to be respect. Let's use marriage as an example because it's a real deep, meaningful relationship. Clearly, a marriage requires love. For marriage is just about discipline and respect and commitment. It's wonderful, but it's not a marriage. It might be a covenant. It might be a partnership, but you can hardly call it a marriage. A marriage means love. There's a real closeness. Conversely, a healthy marriage necessitates as well a, a, a fair measure of discipline, of respect for the other person's space, uh, the other person's uh, uh, needs, likes and dislikes. It's not just about attraction, because if it's all about love, you can get carried away and love the person just because uh, the love makes you feel good and you don't know that if it's about the other person and you can cross boundaries and cross red lines and therefore there needs to be that balance. And, and similarly in our service of Hashem, we have love and we have awe as Jews. And that's, uh, that's how we approach our service. We're supposed to love Hashem, be a as Hashem love the Lord your God. And we're also supposed to also have a real commitment. And we need obviously both for a balanced and meaningful relationship. And we get these, we are empowered to have both of these, uh, also referred to as Abbas Hashem and Yeras Hashem, love of God and awe of God. We are empowered to have them by virtue of the fact that we uh, receive them inherently from Abraham and Yitzchak respectively. Based on this, we now can revisit the digging of the wells. What do the wells represent? They represent the service of Hashem. You dig a well, you find living water. Translation, you're, you're, you're digging into, into the earth, into life, into our reality, and finding a divine connection. Living water, finding a lukos. So the digging of the wells can loosely be translated as avoidas Hashem, the service of Hashem. And here, the Torah is telling us the pitfalls of serving Hashem only with Abraham's approach. Abraham digs wells. The Philistines stop them up. Why? It means if somebody serves Hashem squarely just with love, but they don't have a healthy measure of discipline. They love Hashem. They're, they're full of love and excitement and joy in their service. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. But there's a problem. The problem is that being that they're approaching it from a very loving place and a place of expansiveness and openness, and that becomes their nature, there's a danger that when they finish their service, let's say they finish their davening or the mitzvah, or the Torah study that they're doing with this great love, now that same attitude of openness can fall into the Philistines' hands. The Philistines mystically represent openness. The Hebrew word plishtim is like mefulash, and the Talmud, mavu mefulash, which means an open alleyway. The, the klipa, the negativity of the Philistines, what are they? It's an embodiment of an attitude of openness. Anything goes. You might say the 60s is plishtim. It's an attitude where anything goes, and it's frivolity, and it's, and it's uh, mockery. I'm chilled. It doesn't matter. It's all good. Whatever you want to do is fine. It's a total openness, which clearly is not kosher and can be very, very dangerous spiritually and morally. 
And therefore, so that's point one. If Abraham digs wells, the Philistines can stop them up. Translation. A person's service of Hashem is only with love. They can later stop up that well. Translation, they can destroy that service of Hashem and pull them into sin, into negativity. By the Philistines, by the attitude of the Yetzirah, which tells us to translate that open personality and approach and that joyous personality and approach into an openness that is, is easy and open to things that aren't kosher. The Rebbe further points out that it's not that the person will fall prey to that Yetzirah in the middle of their service, because when you're davening and learning, hopefully you're sincere. But after the service is over, being that you're only approaching your, your life and your service with love, now that love is available. The service is over. Whatever mitzvah you might be doing or prayer or what have you, and all you're left with is just a general attitude of love and, and, and positivity, which is great. But now you're going to have openness and love to other things that aren't so kosher. And the Rebbe says this detail is hinted in the verse, which says that Abraham's wells that he dug were stopped up by the Philistines, quote, after the death of Abraham. After the death of Abraham, meaning after I finished the service of love of Hashem and all I'm left with is just love and generic. Now the Philistines can come. So that's point one. However, if Isaac digs wells, Philistines can't stop him up. Translation, if my service of God is givura based I serve Hashem with discipline, with commitment, then there isn't a chance that the Philistines will be able to schlep me into this 60s spirit, to this the proverbial Philistines to pull me into the spirit of, you know, frivolity and mockery and, and looseness in an unkosher way, because Isaac is not about looseness. I'm an Isaac Jew. I'm approaching God with discipline and with exactness. And there isn't a chance the Philistines will be able to stop it up. And there's a third point. Not only are Isaac Wells not stopped up by the Philistines. Translation, a service of God that's squarely in the corner of discipline and exactness is not in danger of being um, brought down into a place of sin, of too much openness in a negative way. But further, Isaac can redig the wells of Abraham and they too will not be stopped up. Translation, a person has a healthy dose of discipline and commitment within their service, which comes along with bitl, with nullification, with humility. I'm approaching it as a servant, not just with the joy and the love, then they can afford to also be filled with love and joy in their service. And that service too will endure and will not fall prey to the Philistines. So the third point is the most beautiful point. You're, you're serving Hashem with love. Great. Ah, but I'm worried about the Philistines. I'm worried about the openness. It might bring, bring me into the wrong direction. If I also have the element of Isaac, of commitment, so I have both. I have a balance in my service. I have love of Hashem and I serve him with joy, but I also have the element of commitment and dedication and focus and exactness. Now I can afford to have that love and I'm not going to fall prey because the love is balanced with commitment and dedication. Just to clarify these three points, I just want to spell it out in the analogy of marriage just because it brings it home and maybe it'll be even clearer for somebody uh, in terms of our service of Hashem. Let's go down to one, two, and three. 
a marriage that's just about love. And as a shliach, a community rabbi, if you will, for 30 years, I've had people sitting at this desk, a couples who have issues in their marriage and challenges, and partially sometimes it's because of that, because their marriage is just about love. But then what's lacking is commitment and discipline and respect. That's dangerous. If someone, he says, I love my wife, I love her. He's so in love, but if he's in love with his wife, he can, God forbid, be in love with someone else too. If there isn't respect and commitment, it's just about love, right? What do they say in the 60s? All you need is love. It could be dangerous. Conversely, another marriage which is very disciplined and it's about respect and it's about commitment, there may not be so much love, but there is less danger of Philistines, less danger, God forbid, of an unkosher relationship getting in the way, et cetera, et cetera. But that too is lacking. You have discipline, but you don't have much love in the marriage. That's not okay. However, if you have real discipline and respect within the marriage, you can afford for the marriage to be filled with love and, and passion and excitement and all the positive energies that a marriage should have, and joy. And there isn't the danger that, God forbid, this marriage will, God forbid, bring the person to a Philistine attitude of openness and apply the love in a wrong place because that marriage has a healthy dose of Isaac, of commitment, and therefore the love itself will be elevated and be secured because it's got the discipline. So now let's, and obviously that's the same thing in our service of Hashem, and that becomes the lessons of Abraham and Isaac's respective digging of wells. Now let's move on to the Zohar. The Zohar tells us Abraham's dug a well, and it's called the well of Isaac because he re-dug it, which is really point three that we just mentioned, this balanced approach to the service of Hashem. The analogy of marriage, the marriage got a lot of love, but it's also got proper respect, and therefore both will endure. The person is serving Hashem with love and with joy, with expansiveness, with all of its pluses, and they also have a healthy dose of, of commitment, a bit of Kabbalah, of acceptance of the yoke, and both will endure. However, and that's why perhaps it's called the well of, of Abraham digs it, and Isaac and it's named for Isaac, it's got a dose of both. The person's well, the person's spiritual service is a combination of Abraham and Isaac. You might say Abraham dug it, then Isaac redug. He's got Abba and year of love and commitment. Aha! The question though here becomes, which part of these two is the mainstay of the service, the main focus of the Avodah Hashem of the service? And which is the added ingredient to make it special or make it endure. And here's where we have the two approaches. We have the classic approach, Ramaz, and then we have what we might call the Hasidic approach of the Rebbe's father. The classic approach is that Judaism's main service is fear and awe and commitment. After all, it's called a service. It's a service of a, of a servant to his master. However, in order to make the service more special, we also add a dose of love because we all know when you serve someone with love and with joy, there are added benefits. 
if you serve someone with joy, a person has more energy and they're more excited about it. They're, they're, they're less likely to fall prey to the, to the Yetzirah, to the animal soul and the evil inclination because they're energized in their service. So we add a dose of joy, but nominally the service of Hashem is primarily about Yiras Hashem, about all. Comes along with Levi Yitzchak and says no, and adds the Hasidic approach that the main service is actually the service of Abraham. The main service of Hashem, what he wants from us really is he wants us to serve him with love, with joy, with expansiveness, with positivity, with pleasure. Abraham's well. It's not Isaac's well, which Abraham dug. It's Abraham's well, which Isaac is going to redig, which means Isaac will add an enduring element as discussed above. And we also need Yeres Hashem, the commitment and dedication. In fact, in the, in the order of things, it comes first as per Tanya chapter 41, that every single day the service begins with, with commitment, of course, but the service is not about commitment. The essence of the service, the mainstay of a service of Hashem, according to Hasidus and according to the Rebbe's father approach here, is the love of Hashem. And it's tempered and it's guided uh, by the foundation, if you will, of Yira, of the fear of Hashem, as, so to speak, a secondary, and therefore it's actually the well of Abraham re-dug by Isaac, not the well of Isaac uh, dug by Abraham, which was the position of the Ramaz. I recall on Shavuos night, you know, we read the Tikkun Shavuos, which is the, a book which has little sections of every portion of the Torah. A few verses from the beginning and end of every Torah portion of the Tanakh, beginning and end of every tractate of the Talmud, etc., other classic works of Torah. And then the last thing that's read just before the morning, before you go to the mikvah to prepare to receive the Torah the next morning of Shavuos is the Zohar. And the last section of that Zohar, there's a discussion between Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai and his students. And it seems to be this very discussion. The student, which, which is the primary factor in Judaism? Is it awe or is it love? So the students give their opinion that the service of Hashem is primarily about awe, Giras Shemai. And they quote a verse, Hashem shamati shimachai my God, when I hear about you, I'm in awe. And that's what it means to hear God's voice. That's what it means to be in touch with Hashem. And that's what the students put forth to their Rebbe, to Rabshim Vayachai. And then Rabshim Vayachai, who gets the last word with this, closes that passage of the Zohar. Rabbi Shimon says to his students, no, the main service is the service of love. And I'm quoting it, for us, the main thing depends on the love. And he quotes the verse, you should love the Lord your God. And the final verse there is, and God in turn says that I love you, so says the Lord. And that becomes the mainstay. Of course, you also need both, and both sides realize you need the other. But the question is, what's the mainstay of Shurim Bayechai, which is the final word, the Kabbalah, the forerunner of Hasidus says that ultimately, what Hashem really wants, He wants to love. He wants us to serve Hashem with simcha, with joy, with pleasure, with love. But, and, and, and even though we also need the fear of Hashem, I heard that when the Rebbe said this sicha, which was Shabbos, Parshas Vayelech, 1975, obviously I don't remember, I was a, a little child, may have been there because my father, Zolzayn Gezun, would bring me and my brother to the Fabrengans even as children before it was fashionable, we sat on his laps, but I clearly don't remember the sicha, I was, I was probably nine years old. But I'm told that when the Rebbe said this, the Rebbe shouted these words with tremendous passion when he 
brought this thing home at the end of the Sikha. Anabachavirusa Talia Milsa, to us, the main thing, the main operative word upon which the relationship of a Yid and Hashem is really dependent, Talia Milsa, is what? Bachavirusa, it's about the love. What Hashem's really looking for is not uh, just a bunch of good people and they're downtrodden and they're broken and they're being fakretched. Perhaps you might say the path of Musa. And you throw in a little joy just so you don't, uh, you don't become totally depressed. But the Hasidic approach, which is obviously introduced in the last generations, as we get closer to Mashiach and the Vashemtiv and the, the Bukubalim, and of course the Rebbe's father is echoing this, that the main thing is the love, and it's Abraham's well. However, of course, we dug by Isaac, adding that extra element as well.